Today's message, I'm excited about it because I've been preaching it for about 12 years now. <clears throat> and some of you have heard it many times before. Uh, and yet, it, it's kind of, it's, it's sort of new derivative of, of, uh, of who we are. Message title, you ready? Who are the gathering? Uh, what was funny is this morning I got to watch Nick preach this message. <laughs> he and I got together and talked about the outline and all that sort of thing and, 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 and put it together that way. And Nick got up here, he said, he said this is what he said, and I, I enjoyed it. I came up with that question. Uh, how many school teachers in the room know that's an incorrect question? See? <laughs> it's bad English. And Nick said, Nick said, if I know that, everyone should know that. <laughs> but who are the gathering? All right, so today we're going to talk about what it means to be the body of Christ. What it means to come together as the body of Christ. What it means to, to, to shine to a world that's lost and, and, and in the darkness. Uh, what it means to be in the light. So here's the passage, 1 Peter 2, verses 9 and 10. It says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, so that you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. See, sort of just reference. God's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so when we look at this passage, and I know I've preached this. If you mark in your Bible when I preach at certain passages, you're going to recognize I've preached this passage in the last six months. Uh, point is, is that it's, it's, I think in my mind and from my uh, personal identity as a follower of Jesus and, and as one of the shepherds of the gathering, this is a very pivotal passage because it says, first of all, that you are chosen. Now, of course, Peter's a good... Y'all know before Jesus, before Peter started following Jesus, he was a good Jewish boy? Y'all know that? <laughs> he was. You know, he did Jewish stuff. And then Jesus came along and, and on, on the banks of the, the sea one day, he said, come follow me, we'll go catch people. And Peter said, okay. So he dropped his nets and left. See, and then he, he was a follower of Jesus, right? So here's the question. What were you before you were a follower of Jesus? Right? It's a great question to ask. Think about what you were before you were a follower of Jesus. And that's what this refers to. If you back up to verses 6, 7, and 8, before we get to verse 9, what he says there, he says, you once were. And so Peter is talking really, and a lot of the imagery he presents in this text is, is he's talking to a Jewish congregation. He's talking to Jewish people. He says, you remember, we worshiped at the temple. Remember, we were the chosen people, God's people. We, 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 we sacrificed it and we met together at the temple in Jerusalem and, and God planted a different cornerstone in Jerusalem, one that became a stumbling block. So see, leading up to this verse, Peter is pointing out the past. And that there was a temple where we worshiped God. There was a temple where we could get close to God. And yet, what he's saying now is, like, wait a minute, things have changed. But, now, here's the funny thing I wanted to point out about this, is that I had a friend of mine one time, we were, we were arguing. Okay, let's be nice. We were debating. No, no, it was a full-on argument. And I said, but, 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 he goes, you know the rule of using the word but, and I was like, what? He said, when you put the word but in a sentence, just negate everything you said in front of it. Right? And I went, okie dokie. 
So what he's saying is, he says, all that that you were, but you are a chosen race. God's chosen you. Now, is he only talking to Jews? No. He's talking, and he, he tells us at the beginning, he's the scattered followers of Jesus throughout the Roman Empire. And he lists all those ta- names. I mentioned it last week. Galatia, Pontus, Cappadocia, Asia, blah, blah, blah. All those names and places. He says, he says, all of you are a chosen race. All of you are a royal priesthood. Remember who he's talking to now, if you think of temple and Judaism, you, you're thinking temple and priests, and, and, and they're the elevated ones, they're the special ones, they're the ones that get to, you know, on, a, on some sort of schedule and circuit, they get to go into the Holy of Holies and, and, and meet with God face to face like Moses did back in the wilderness when he went into the, the tabernacle tent and all that sort of thing. And, and yet Peter's saying, but you all... Or a royal priesthood. You all get to enter God's presence. You all get to enter the Holy of Holies. You all get to meet with God face to face. You're a holy nation. Holy meaning set apart. Meaning, guess what? It's not your holiness. It's God's holiness. It's the holiness of Christ that's been imparted to you. Through the shed blood of Christ. You see? You're a holy nation, a people for his possession. See that? So, so when, when, when I ask the question, well, who are you? And I've done that this morning to some folks. I do it all the time. And I admit, my brain, there was a couple who came at 810 this morning who normally come at 1040. I greeted them like it was the first time they'd ever been here. Hey, good morning. What's your name? Right? They told me their name, and I was like, wait a minute. I know you. And he goes, yeah, we usually come at 1040. And I went, you're trying to mess me up. You're trying to confuse me. Right? But that's the thing. I mean, there's an identity that we share when we greet others, when we meet people, right? And so, so Peter is imparting to us an identity that asks. Now, remember, Peter's old now. Back back in Acts and, and, and back in the Gospels, he's a young man. But now this is like, you know, probably 25, 30 years later. Peter's old now, and he is imparting a knowledge of identity to the people who follow Jesus. And he's saying to them, this is who you are. You know, I remember when my dad, all right, so, and I've shared this so many times, this is really an old story. But I remember, you know, when my dad said, you know, I named you Robert Earl Owings Jr. for a reason. Right? My dad's still alive. My dad still lives up yonder in Belton, South Carolina. I bear my dad's name. There's an identity connection there, right? Well, what Peter is saying is, is there's an identity connection between you and your heavenly father. There's an identity connection between you and Jesus. You are, he is, you are a joint heir of the kingdom. That's what makes you royal. Man, this is exciting stuff. He took me from darkness into a marvelous light. Wow. I just, once you were not a people, but now you're God's people. 
Folks, this morning, if you don't know Jesus, your single greatest need this morning is to know Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here this morning going, you don't know me. And you're right. Wait till I come up to you and go, what's your name? Uh, But anyway, but you may say, I don't know you. And you might be right. You might be saying to me, I've been in church all my life. And I'll go, forgive me, some of you are going to be offended and that's just okay. I've been in church all my life and I'm going to go, so? Are you following Jesus? Are you walking with Jesus? Is the singular most important thing of your identity that you are a Jesus follower? That is the greatest identity statement that any of us can make. So when Peter is saying to us, you have been chosen. You are royal. You're holy. You belong to God. I love this. This is where, and I'm going to get to it in just a minute. He says, so that. Remember what so that is? So that is, is, is sort of that word in between in Greek that says, there's a reason that you've been chosen. There's a reason that you're a royal. There's a reason God made you holy so that you could proclaim his praise. Wow. We are proclaimers of praise. So this morning we're singing. Woo. Can I just tell y'all something? That, what, I forget which song it was now. But anyway. Been a tough week. It's been a tough week in our community. It's been a tough week for our military community. It's been a tough week for the gathering family. I mean, some of you know. I mean, um, it's real interesting. Uh, Gary Cavanaugh, and some of you already know that he passed yesterday. Gary, Gary, I, I got to be Gary's pastor for the last few years. It was an incredible privilege because Gary was just one of those happy kind of people. You run into him, he's going to make you smile, you know. He was a friend of mine before I was his pastor. I moved here. This is what Gary said. Can we, can we get breakfast one day? I need to talk to you about something. I didn't even know Gary. I met him at Herring's, you know, on the porch out there at Herring's. So we got together for breakfast. Now get this. We sat down together at breakfast. I, I don't know Gary. Gary told me where he went to church. Yay. All right, great. Here's what I realized when we sat down for breakfast. Gary and I were brothers. You know, God's our father. We were family. We sat down to breakfast. We ate bacon together. That's like a bond that you can't break. Right? He brought along John Urban. John Urban was another guy, and they sat down across from me at the table over at Batson's Galley, and, and, and they both said to me, they said, Bobby, uh, we want to start a Christian surfers chapter here in Surf City. And I was like, okay, go ahead. I just got here. I don't know anything. He said, we need a covering pastor. I'm thinking, I'm brand new. Uh, I can handle the Christian part of that, but that surfer part of that, I don't know. I, I, I'm not one of those. I said, um, well, tell me about it. I said, well, we just need a covering pastor. I was like, well, I can do the pastor part. I can handle that part. I said, what is it? So they started explaining Christian surfers to me. It's about reaching out to surfers. 
It's a particular focused kind of ministry of, 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 of bringing surfers together and, and, and understand. And I was like, yes, I can do that. I want to be a part of that. And then I bought a surfboard and said, no, I don't. <laughs> Surf shop owner and the assistant chief of fire department over here like got me killed one day. He was a friend. You see? When we come together as the body of Christ, our commonality is not what we come from. It's not what's out there. It's who we are in Christ. body of Christ across the world has been divided I hate to say it, but in a lot of ways has been weakened because of the division. And yet we've got a power, quite honestly, that is not of this world. That power created this world. He goes on to say, he said, you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. So, when we think about the gathering, you ready? Here we go. I'm going to break into the outline now just for the fun of it, and I've got time. So, the gathering. We are a worship community. Worship community. Those two words mean something. Okay? Uh, What we are starting is something that we're calling walking together. Looks like this today. It won't look like this tomorrow. This is the booklet. Looks like this. Just kind of. This is not a Bible study. It's not a Bible study. You're not going to go in here and go, okay, if I read this first and I can answer this question. This is a conversation. As a matter of fact, it's many conversations. And the point of it is, is that God created us for worship and for community. God created us as a body that is meant to be connected together. And so, uh, uh, as the gathering, what we want to do is, is recognize and acknowledge and simply sort of uh, prioritize a bit of what we're calling walking together. Twelve years ago, I remember when I came here, I sat right there. There were pews in here back then, but I sat right there. And, 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 and so, uh, this is a fact that I'm just going to share with you, not because it's... it's but anyway, uh, Angie Fussell used to do our children's time. And there might be one or two of you in here that remember that. And she would sit down here on these steps. And, and my son, at six years old, was the only kid in the building. The only one. And he'd sit down here and Angie would talk to him like he was the center of the universe. Right? And then when he would go to Sunday school class, he would be the only kid in Miss Angie's Sunday school class too. And, and God just sort of laid it on my heart that, wait a minute. Wait a minute, we've missed some important things here. And so we established some priorities. We sort of shifted identities. And the gathering was kind of birthed in March of 2010. You know? And our priority then, as now, is to love God first. See it? The gathering is a worship, worship community, passionate people. Man, we're going to be passionate about loving God. We're going to be passionate about worship. You see? 
We're going to be passionate about what it means to proclaim his praises because that's the so that. God called you out. God chose you. God made you holy. God gave you royalty so that you could proclaim his praises to a dark, lost, and dying world. That's who we are. Welcome. Glad you're here. It's your first time here. You didn't know we were including you. But we are. Second priority. Well, I'll read this for you because it is part of the booklet. Worship is a love response to God. Why? Because he loved you first, called you by name, set you apart, saved you, redeemed you, regenerated you, and any other theological word you want to use. He saved you. In which we declare his worth in our lives. So when you come together and sit in, in what are exponentially more comfortable chairs than the pews we used to have. Thank you, Benny. When you come together and sing, or maybe you're one of those guys, you know what, I mean, and, and I, how many of you did the, the little video about Baptist offering? You didn't know that. Okay, good. All right, so we, we do affiliate with the North Carolina Baptist Convention and the Baptist Convention in the, in the United States. So anyway, but here you go. Here's the thing. I remember growing up, <clears throat> I would watch people in <clears throat> church, and there'd be people singing, singing big, and then there were those guys that I sort of honored and respected. I don't sing for nothing. Even at my kid's birthday party. Right. <laughs> There's some of those guys, they're not going to sing either. I, Nick, I'm going to pick on you a minute. I remember the first time I sat next to Nick down here singing. <laughs> we didn't ask Nick to lead worship. <laughs> Just so y'all know. All right. We didn't ask Nick to lead worship. But Nick sings. Why? Nick sings because he wants to love God and declare God's worth in his life. That's what worship is. God, you are worthy of worship and praise. See that? Second thing, find my outline again. All right, living Jesus. What does it mean to live Jesus? To be a good person, right? To be sinless, right? No, living Jesus is to do life the way Jesus did life, which means you go out and love the people you come in contact with. You love the, the prostitute. You love the lost person. You love the drug addict. We're supposed to go out and love these men. It doesn't mean we accept sin. doesn't mean we agree with sin. It means we go out and love people who are lost in their sin. See that? Living Jesus, the God response to God's grace... And mercy is to love others. Wow. You know, Jesus had every right when he was ambling around Palestine almost 2,000 years ago to destroy everybody he came in contact with. The prostitute, they dropped at his feet. <clears throat> right? Samaritan woman at a well, married five times, living with a guy that's not her husband. <clears throat> Right? I mean, Jesus had that right. But what did he do? He loved them. 
He loved them with the message of kingdom, the message of God's love. See that? But what did he say to them? Now go and sin no more. See? See, we're God's people. We're supposed to love our neighbors. And yet, as God's people, we act like we're scared of our neighbors. Our neighbors come up and go, Ah! You might... Mm, this is bad, but I'm going to say it anyway. You might challenge my faith. Good! Challenge usually allows for growth. Okay? So, so we're a worship community, passionate about worship, loving God, and living Jesus. And the final point of all this is, is the community. We're the body of Christ. We were, we were given all of these things in 1 Peter 2, 9 to come together as the body of Christ. That's a beautiful thing, y'all. I just got to tell you, we've had a big summertime. Yeah, we've had our tragedies. We've had some hardships. Even this week and, and, and yesterday, I, I started out. It was really cool. Remember last, those of you who were here last week, I told you about senior, Topsail Senior Sunrise. How many of you remember me talking about that? Remember? I met the seniors up at the pier up there, and, and I had prayer with them. Well, right after one of our worship gatherings, a senior from Dixon High School, uh, who I get to be the announcer for football, which they canceled for two weeks. But anyway... Um, Anyway, it'll save my voice for Sundays, I promise. But anyway, I was standing right there, and, and Luke Culver, who's one of the uh, football players for Dixon, he came up, our senior sunrise is Saturday morning at 6. I looked at him, I said, are you inviting me? He said, yeah, man. So, so yesterday morning, I was up at North Topsail Beach, on the beach with a whole group of seniors out there. You know, and I walked up and was able to greet several of them, just say, look, guys, I'm praying for your senior year. I'm praying for you. I'm praying with you. And so I just stood back and let them do senior sunrise stuff, and I just stood there and just prayed over those seniors. And then I left that event and went and did my little run-walk thing because I don't run all the time anymore. And then I got to go over to the, the, the paddle for the troops. All right? Got to go over there and have prayer and talk to people over there. And Last night, I, I got to be up at, up at uh, Jordan and, and Sarah's place up there at, at Mimosa Bay, and we had a prayer vigil for the community. So, so we face hardship. We face challenges. We face all kind of, of, of tribulations, as James would call them. But it's in those times that God, God grows us and stretches us and makes us more than we would be normally. Makes us more than we would be on our own. Because God is the one growing us. God is the one who puts life inside of us. And so as the body of Christ, we come together in relationship to grow. So when I look at this little booklet, I've been putting this together for weeks and I've been doing a group on Wednesday nights of folks who are going to lead these groups. I got sign-up sheets down here. If you would like to be in a first gatherings group, and I'm going to go ahead and give you the secret. First gatherings outline. You ready? Boom. The gathering identity. I just gave you all the answers. That's why I'm telling you, it's not about questions and answers. It's about the relationship. Sit in a room with, with six, eight, 12 people and talk about what it means to be called out by God. Sit in a room and talk to people about what it means to love God. 
and how you love God, not just for an hour on Sunday morning, but all the rest of the hours of the week. What does loving God look like in your life? And then somebody across the table say, well, I know the way I, you know, start my day, and you go, that's a cool way to start the day. I think I'll do that too. That's relationship. That's the body of Christ stretching and growing together. Living Jesus, walking together. That's first gatherings. It's about four weeks. If you're slow, it might take more. (laughs) I did not mean that, but I said it. My point is, is if you get, you know what, it's what I asked you a minute ago. How many of you have ever gotten in a conversation that you thought would last five minutes and it lasted an hour and a half? Maybe you sit down with this first part here and somebody in the room goes, I don't understand what you're talking about. And all of a sudden you realize somebody in the room is going to share the gospel and that person's going to go, I don't think I ever received that. I don't think I, Ken and Anna right there. We just went in the back room, didn't we? We went in the screaming baby room, even though their daughter's not a screaming baby. And Isabel asked, asked God to save her. She was in Bible school, and she was asking questions and all that stuff. And, and, and this is how it started. They walked up to, can I tell this story? Y'all don't mind, do you? So, so Isabel walks up to me, and she goes, she goes, I want to get baptized. I said, cool. She said, with my dad. I was like, cool. Dad? Who's, who, who's been a Christian, said, we got to do something else first. And I went, what do we got to do first? Right? And that's how we got into the gospel conversation. So we went back here in the room, and Isabel prayed to receive Christ. God saved her. So guess what? September 12th, that's at least two people that I know I'm going to baptize. And, and, and I'm already being told that on September 12th at 1 o'clock, when we meet over at the beach, we're going to baptize a whole bunch of people. My, my, I'm going to get shriveled. Just so, my fingers are going to look like raisins. Okay? You see, when we come together as the body of Christ, God goes to work. God works in us. God works through us. See that? We are the community. Now, right, next thing here, I'll show you. The, uh, somebody told me I needed to show you all these things. Because if I talk about it generically, somebody showed up at the welcome, at the connect booth up there last week and said, I want to know how to do this walking together. Well, none of this stuff was printed last week. Sorry. But here you go. Next gatherings. We start with identity. Not who are we, but who are you? Right? Um, What's important to you? See, I just told you who are we and what's important to us. So next gathering is a 12 or 13 week journey. A conversational journey. You can go through here and write stuff in the book if you want to. But the whole point of it, the whole point of it is the conversation. It's the relationship. Okay? All right. Under that, you got give up, give in, give out, and then finally reproduce. Okay? That's the whole point. And then finally, the last set of gatherings, lead gatherings. Serve, S-E-R-V-E. Nick did a great job a while ago remembering that. I've been trying to commit this to memory for two years. I still can't. John, stand and deliver, sir. Value 
You missed embody the values. <laughs> See, serve. This is when, as a follower of Jesus, God introduces you to somebody that you're supposed to go, who are you? What's important to you? What does surrender mean in your life? What does sacrifice look like? See that? So, these sheets down here. If you want to be a part of a first gatherings conversational connect group, when we dismiss in a few minutes and start changing over bands, put your name on one of these. John will call you. <laughs> Sorry, John. <laughs> because this is, we want to walk together as the body of Christ. One of the reasons Peter wrote his epistles, well, the first reason Peter wrote his two letters is because God told him to, okay? Second reason is he gave information that unified the body of Christ under the headship of Jesus Christ. Folks, we're going to walk together in Christ. We're going to be the people of God together. And can I just go ahead and tell you, this is not indoctrination because guess what I know? However many people are in the room, that's how many different parts of the body there are. And that's, that's the way God designed it. Who are you? Uh, are you part of God's chosen? Are you royal? Are you part of the holy nation? See, if you don't know Jesus, you're not any of those things. If you've not received salvation, redemption, regeneration, by and through the shed blood of Jesus Christ, you're sitting here going, like I was for a long, long time. I'm a member. Right? Maybe you've been a church member. Maybe you understand the basics of this. Maybe indeed you have been saved. God reached down and redeemed you. What we want to do is hang out together and see God's kingdom at work. See God do great things. Here's the three things I always share just before we pray and, and the band comes up. One, if you don't know Jesus, we want to introduce you to Jesus. Maybe you know Him, but, but life just isn't what it ought to be. We'll pray about that. You can come on down here. I'll pray with you about it. Um, maybe you want to be a part of what, what God's doing here at the gathering. It's a cool thing. We've had a lot of folks come up and say, I want to be a member. I go, all right, let's talk about it. See, the point is, you can come be a part of what God's doing here. You can do that by showing up. But there are some folks who say, you know what? I want to get planted in this. I, I want to be a part of leadership. I want to be a part of, of all of this stuff. Well, then, then yeah, jump in, with, jump in the deep end. Okay? Just go ahead and jump in the deep end and let God work in your life. This is always the opportunity because I said it last week. Maybe you're sitting there going, I want to get baptized on the 12th. Hey, we had a little girl Wednesday night. And I know I'm running sort of close, but here you go. Um, um, Sage Baca, she turned eight years old Wednesday. Her parents asked her what she wanted for her birthday. Uh, those of you who are here Wednesday night know that her answer was, she said, I want to get baptized. 
So her mother told me Tuesday morning, she said, yeah, the only thing Sage asked for for birthday was to get baptized. I was like, let's do it on her birthday. So Wednesday night after we'd been eating pizza over here in the playground, the whole troop of folks headed across the, the dune over there. And I took little old Betty say It was easy. I could do it by myself because she's little. Anyway, I took her out in the waves, and it was choppy, man. It was blowing sideways out there. And I took her into the water, and we baptized Sage Baca Wednesday night. See, our baptistry pool is always full. Okay? So, so... Maybe you're one of those folks who say, you know what, I need to take a stand for Jesus and be baptized. Just let us know. Let us know. Let's pray. God, thank you for today. And, and, and God, just for doing amazing and incredible and wonderful things. Thank you for loving us. God, I want to thank you that, that God, you have worked the miraculous through the shed blood of Christ. Greatest miracle of all times is that you saved us. Yeah, water to wine and, and, and meals from, from fish and bread. Yeah, those are, those are incredible things. But salvation is an incredible miracle. So God, thank you for loving us that much. And God, I pray that as we sing, we would take a real account of who we are and where we are. That God, we might recognize our need and that we might respond to you as our provision. So God, as we sing, help us to, to bow before your throne and I just pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.